Welcome to Pediatric Meltdown, the podcast about children's mental health and emotional well-being. I'm Dr. Leah Gagino, a primary care pediatrician, and I created this podcast for the pediatric medical community and anyone who cares about children's behavioral health. Pediatric Meltdown offers thoughtful conversations featuring experts from the field. Learn practical strategies from the best and become a savvier clinician. Hi, listeners. Now, before you look down at your podcast player and say, that doesn't sound like Dr. Gugino, you're right, it's not. I'm Dr. Fay with Mouthy Broad Media, and I have the pleasure of producing Pediatric Meltdown each week. And there are some really exciting things happening in 2023, and we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to not only tell you about those things, but also tell you a little bit about your favorite host. We're going to do all that today, and I'll be doing the interview. So I am going to start this episode in the same way that the doctor starts her episodes all the time by saying, hi, Leah, how are you? I'm great. This is so much fun. What a switch up. I know. How does it feel to be on the other side of the microphone? Well, it feels like a lot less work. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm intrigued. And to those (laughs) listeners that are out there, we didn't practice this. So it's going to be a totally ad lib. That's right. That's right. So let's start with you are in the Michigan area. Is that right? Yep. Southwest Michigan, Kalamazoo. Okay. And uh, how many kids do you have? I have two adult children that are 33 and 36. And one I know is a social media influencer. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And the other one? She works for a nanny agency. She does sales and marketing. Oh, good. What does your hubby do? Well, he was a physician's assistant by training, but he now owns an architectural salvage and supply company in Kalamazoo. And uh, he is very much into historic preservation. So he has lots of windows, doors, doorknobs, bathtubs, all the things you might need to rehab your old house. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you have those things like around your house? Do you have like stacks of things in your backyard and stuff? Uh, Yes. Have you been here before? Perhaps you have. (laughs) It sounds like you've looked around. Just like guessing. (laughs) We've rehabbed two houses. We rehabbed a Victorian and now we live in a home that will be 100 years old next year. So yes, we have all kinds of found treasures. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Now, think back to when you were just an intern. What was it that you said to yourself, pediatrics? Yes, that's it. What, What was happening that made that spark happen? Well, I'd have to say when I first started out, I was a hippie in college and I hung out with a lay midwife. So I used to go on home births and I thought, this is what I want to do. And then I did my rotation in OB and I decided after seeing some pretty dramatic things that that was not what I wanted to do. And the lifestyle just didn't feel conducive to me at the time. Now, talk to me about what those dramatic things are. What do you oh, mean specifically? Just scary outcomes, things that could go awry. Oh, okay. So, you know, things that could be taken care of immediately in a delivery room. But if you were at home, could be bad. So after I saw that, yeah, I just thought that's not for me. And at the time, all of the obstetricians except for one were men. And I just didn't see a place for me to be able to have a family, which is something I want to do. And then I did my rotation in pediatrics 
And I just loved it. I loved working with kids and it just felt like it felt like home. Yeah. Is is there one specific thing that you can point to that this is my favorite thing about working with kids? I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I love it all. I have had to, you know, attend births in the delivery room, which I love. I mean, it's so exciting. Everyone is a gift. And I have, you know, had kids go off to college and attended weddings and baby showers. So I love it all. I like all the things. Yeah. Now, you're not practicing any longer. Is that right? I stepped down from clinical work about a year ago. And what was that moment like when you said, you know what, it's time for me to, time for me to step down? What was that like? What was happening? It was weird. I mean, it's, it's been an adjustment, to be honest. Um, You know, my whole life has been defined as being a pediatrician. It's been my identity. And it kind of felt like if I'm not seeing kids every day in my practice, then am I still a pediatrician? And I've had to grapple with that. And um, I think the answer to that is, yes, I am. And there are other ways that I can serve. And honestly, doing the podcast has been one of them because this feels like information that I wish I'd heard when I was a resident, an early career physician, um, you know, even in my my later years, this was always good stuff. And so I just wanted to share the information. So it's been a blast for me finding super guests and interesting people to talk to. How about your involvement with the American Academy of Pediatrics? Well, when did that start and how did it start? Yeah, so I probably, gosh, I want to say back in 2008, 2009, I reached out to the American Academy of Pediatrics because we were going to do a local conference and I wanted to see if I could get support from our Michigan AAP chapter. And I said, I would love to join your mental health committee. And there wasn't one. So I became a committee of one and that Mm. began the, the dream. So I got asked to step in as vice president of the board, and I did that, and I served as president and past president. But as part of that, I got to go to this national meeting where all of the vice presidents and presidents of all the chapters, and there's 60 of them, and all the leaders from committees, councils, and sections get together and talk about things that they want to see change. And they vote. It's a democratic process. We vote on resolutions. And I drank the Kool-Aid. I loved it. And it was like, how can I stay involved? So I served on the National Nominating Committee, which was a blast because the leaders that we have at the AAP are just second to none. They're phenomenal individuals. And then I decided I would run for the district chair position and a position on the board of directors. And that's where I am now. So let's talk about some turning points in the AAP that you have been a part of. For instance, the pandemic. How how has the pandemic, you know, before, during, and we're, we're not even in the after stage yet of the pandemic, actually, but you know what? Yeah, I mean. Somebody referred to it as the Perry period. Yes. <laughs> the Perry endemic. <laughs> yeah. So um, the AAP, and again, as Today, I'm not speaking as a board member. I'm speaking as me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but the American Academy of Pediatrics was a leader and continues to be um, on all things COVID-19 related pertaining to children. And they started this thing called interim guidance because 
you know, previously there was nothing about COVID-19. It wasn't a thing. And so they began putting together guidance for clinicians about what to do. And, you know, it started out with what kind of gear you should be wearing, um, what kind of precautions should you be taking. And, And then it, you know, morphed into vaccines, medications, what were complications people were seeing in the emergency rooms and on the floors. What are the risks to kids? Because it looked different. And then they started compiling all this data and have been on the front lines for kids during COVID and continuing to be. And this will be an ongoing priority for the AAP. And that's not only COVID-19, but also disaster preparedness and recovery. Because as we've seen this winter with flu and RSV, the Mm -hmm. triple-demic, you know, we are not well prepared as a nation to kind of deal with these surges. And we really need to step up and make sure that we have everything we need for kids. So, and the AAP did this kind of culling the best information from these incredible experts that we have in infectious disease, um, disaster preparedness. So, you know, we're 67,000 pediatricians strong. And believe me, there is a ton of experience and information in that group. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, you talked about we as a country, we're not as prepared as we should be. Is there any country out there that is doing a good job at preparing for this kind of thing? Is uh, the U.S. on the forefront? Where where are we in the rankings of that? I'm not sure I could speak to specifically about COVID-19 because honestly, this was new for everybody. But I think one of the things that the, especially this RSV season, which took everybody by surprise as far as how serious it was, and then coupled with flu and ongoing COVID was the necessity of having adequate pediatric intensive care beds, for example, Mm -hmm. and that it's important that those beds be designated for kids and not just um, siphoned off to the adult world. But without having a voice like the AAP to assure that that happens, then, you know, nobody else is doing that. So the other thing is the AAP um, sets clinical guidelines and educational materials that are used all over the world. So Again, I'm not sure that there's a country that, I mean, there are countries that responded in certain ways with differing precautions. And, you know, we all know, you know, China had the major lockdown, you know, so I'm not saying that they had the better outcomes, but, you know, in terms of disease incidents, it did vary around the world. So let's talk a little bit about our baby, the podcast. (laughs) So when I say, what are your favorite episodes? Does anything come to mind? Well, I would have to say certainly my first episode because I did it with my daughter and it was very new. I mean, she sat next to me. We did the interview. The sound was crappy, but the content was good and it was super fun. Um, I then interviewed the, at that time, she was the president-elect for the AAP, Moira Salaji, and her podcast, which is one of the top podcasts listened to, was just so powerful because she is one of the most humble and brilliant, compassionate clinicians talking about kids in foster care. Mm. So that really rang true. And then 
I've done a whole bunch of podcasts with Dr. Colleen Cullinan, who's a child psychologist who worked with me. We created a program here in Kalamazoo because we just didn't have enough mental health help. And so I reached out to our university here at Western Michigan University, and we started what's called an external practicum. So I had someone like at my hip, literally right there. And she and I have produced, I think, six episodes, and they're fabulous. They're so much fun. And there's so many others that I could say. I I love my guests every time I do one. I say, oh, my God, they're the best people. My husband said, they're all the best people. And I said, yes, they are. (laughs) I will tell you the one that stands out in my mind because I do the editing on them. And it was the one on palliative care. And it was so difficult editing that in one sit down. I had to do several I had to get up several times. I cried. I walked around the house. There were there was a time that I even had to get up and say, "Okay, I have to get out of the house. I have to get out of the house." Now, you know, I live in Nashville, Tennessee where we have beautiful parks and brooks and ponds and everything. Did I go to one of those to sit on a rock to reflect? No. I went to Target. That's that's the way I that's that's my jam. So I went to Target and and in our Target there's a little um, Starbucks. And so I went to the Starbucks and I sat down and I was just kind of reflecting on, you know, what I'd been trying to do all day with this episode. And a woman sat next to me and we did the whole, you know, hi, how are you? How are you? What do you do? And what do you do? I told her what I did. And uh, I told her what my state of mind was at that very moment. I'm I'm editing this thing on palliative care and blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me with the biggest eyes and she said, you know, I've never, ever heard that word before. And in the past three days, I've now heard it twice. She said, my stepson is in palliative care right now in a hospital. And then she told me her story about her her stepson and we both cried together. I told her the story that I was trying to edit and you know we cried a little bit more and it was an amazing little I felt like it was a god wink. You know how God just kind of winks at you every now and then saying go back and edit that. You're ready now. You're ready now. So it was really it was really an amazing amazing episode. It brought me to it brought me to tears as well. I, yeah, you know, and thinking back, of course, now you know I've produced what 125 plus episodes, and you know, so it's hard to remember them all. But certainly, the ones I've done with past patients, with parents, I did one uh, with Christopher Veal, who's a young man who was a medical student at the time who kind of had to deal with his own suicidal ideation. My sister telling her story about her suicide attempt. Those all really touch you, and, and sometimes I just pause and and I, I the palliative care I I definitely uh, brought me to tears, which yeah. you know again I'm trying not to get too choked up as I do the interviews. So me too. Um, thanks right now, to you. I've got a little something. something. <laughs> thanks to you and your editing, it sounds way smoother than sometimes it actually goes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to say. Mm. We're just gonna we're just gonna cut this one out to make it sound a little bit smoother. <laughs> so this is a good time to talk about what we have to look forward to in this coming year on the podcast. What kind of subject matter will we be hearing? Well, it may seem kind of random because it is. I mean, a lot of times 
I come across a speaker that I've heard at a conference or read about, and I reach out to them. So the topics don't always like gel as far as commonality. What I really look for are guests that are dynamic. So I have I have a, a one that's sort of surprising that sounds like, huh, that couldn't be too exciting talking about genomics and the genetics and these projects where you can look for children that might be affected by genetic disorders. And that's going to air on Rare Disease Day, which I didn't yes, know was is. a thing. Yep, mm-hmm. February 28th coming up. And we're going to do a, a series on threat assessment. We've had some incidences here in Michigan where there was a school shooting. So in response to that, we're producing a series of three episodes in conjunction with the Michigan chapter of the AAP and the American Academy of Pediatrics funding some of these things. And uh, not me directly. I just want to say that. So those will be really interesting. And gosh, just a whole host of other things that I think will be exciting. Self-injurious behavior, chronic depression, Mm. Some of those sound kind of heavy, but they're fascinating. And also I'm going to do one on opiate disorders. Oh, good, good. So now have you reached the point in your podcasting career where people are coming up to you at conferences and saying, can I be a, a guest on your show? Or I got a great idea for your show or something like that. I wish I could say I was that well known. So I would say no, not yet. But I do have people that reach out to me on emails with, you know, so-and-so's written a book and they'd like to talk about anxiety. I'm pretty picky about who I bring onto the show. So I vet them pretty well. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that they are experts and are, you know, researchers, that they're, you know, in peer-reviewed journals. So Mm -hmm. I'm really careful about the guests that I bring on because I want to make sure that the information is um, accurate and pertinent to the pediatric clinicians out there. Right. So I write the show notes for Pediatric Meltdown, and we have incorporated something called What Are Your Thoughts? And as a listener, if you've ever gone to the show notes, it will be right at the very, very top. What are your thoughts? It is a link and you can connect with the doctor, ask questions, say, hey, I don't agree with you on that. Say, hey, that spoke to me. I totally agree with you. Whatever you want to do, you could also do a voicemail on that. So I encourage the listeners to use that. And you have started a newsletter. Tell us about the newsletter. Well, you know, people ask me, so who are your listeners? And I'll be honest, the way it's sort of set up in the podcast world, I know they go out there. I know that there are downloads. I can look at analytics, but I really don't know who's on the other end. So as far as, you know, the newsletter, I was really trying to get to know who are my listeners. Um, I kind of got together with Constant Contact to put together an email list so that I can find out who listeners are. And it gives them an opportunity to both reach me and also for me to put out some information, some hot topics, uh, things of interest, and then also podcasts that may have been in the past that are great links. So it's just a little bit of everything, nothing too overwhelming and try to include something fun and, you know, like an article reference. So topics vary. Again, sometimes I do things that are 
maybe not necessarily rhyme or reason, but sort of fit what seems exciting or interesting to me at the time. And hopefully yeah. it will resonate with folks. I, I can sometimes did a, I did a poll and mm-hmm. uh, just to see what people were interested in and people like the number one was pediatric experts. So I will make sure to bring more of those to you. And how often do these uh, newsletters go out? Well, my goal is twice a month. Um, I've produced two. I'm a little bit behind. So that's the advantage of working for yourself is that I can give myself a little grace. But my, <laughs> my, <right>. goal, <laughs> my goal is twice a month. Another thing that's happening, and it's happening fairly soon, is you are hosting an event. Can you tell us what the event is about, who it's for, and how they will benefit from this? Sure. So I call it a beta event because really, honestly, for me, it's a pilot to see, is this a venue that would appeal to listeners and be helpful? It's called Up Your Game, and it's really addressing understanding where you are as a practitioner and what more can you do to help kids with mental health concerns, behavioral health, and to promote their well-being? And it sometimes might mean that you need to overhaul things, but in baby steps. So that's kind of my my goal. So it's just going to be um, a one-hour session. There's six more spots. And, you know, it's an opportunity to share and then kind of put some ideas. And what I'm hoping is that people come away with like one action step that they can do. And then if they're interested in more, you know, we can do consulting, we can do one-on-ones with your office, so all kinds of things. And I would say it's really any pediatric clinician. So if you're a nurse practitioner, PA, family medicine doc, anybody who sees kids, subspecialists, I would love to have you join me. We will be putting the links in the notes. And also, we're going to be posting this on social media. So wherever this is, there will be a post of the links for this event uh, in that post. So let's have a little fun. Okay. Uh, We're going to do a little word association. And so whatever pops in your mind, let it out. Uh, Favorite memory of when you were a child? Going to the ocean in Mexico with my family and camping on the beach. Oh, cool. Favorite memory of you and your husband? Well, it's coming up the anniversary of our engagement. So that happened on February 20th. And we got engaged in South Haven, which is my favorite place on earth. Okay. Did he get on one knee? No, he did not. But we had only been dating for a month. Really? Yeah. And you've lasted for how long? 40 years. There you go. That's fantastic. Uh, Favorite breakfast? I would have to say a really killer omelet with a gooey cinnamon roll. Uh, Favorite dinner? Pesto. Yeah. Favorite dessert? I would have to say, and this isn't fancy, warm Toll House chocolate chip cookies. Just last night, my husband and I, he said, let's slice and bake. And I said, you got it, babe. It was like two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Least favorite thing to eat? Any organ meat. Like liver. Blech. Yeah. Yeah. Movie or TV? My absolute favorite hands down movie is Lars and the Real Girl, which is about a man who has delusion uh, and how this town embraces him. It is the most heartwarming, kind, clever, interesting Ryan Gosling, who I love. If I wasn't married, hey. But uh, anyway, (laughs) so Lars and the Real Girl, if you haven't seen it, 
you know, go find it. Okay. And uh, do you have a favorite TV show? We kind of watch series, so it kind of goes from from one to the next. So I like HGTV. We like to watch home renos. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that that genre. Okay. Hobbies? Podcasting. Um, I love to read and I like gardening. Um, well, that might be a double answer for this then. Uh, your favorite way to relax? Probably reading or honestly, best place I could think of to relax sitting on a beach and it could be in South Haven, Michigan, or it could be in the Caribbean, Costa Rica. If there's sun and water and sand, I'm, I'm there. Favorite book. That's a hard one. I have one that I've read probably at least 15 times. I read it every summer. It's called Mm. Theophilus North by Thornton Wilder. And it's just very clever. But my most recent favorite book is called Lessons in Chemistry about Mm -hmm. a woman in the 50s who's a chemist and it is funny and compelling and really clever i love clever Mm -hmm. uh favorite podcast i love listening to gretchen rubin she produces the happier podcast Mm and she and her sister just bantering and it's fun and light and for me it's kind of an escape i listen to podcasts when i walk so it's kind of my little guilty pleasure Mm -hmm random factoid that not too many people know about you. I went to high school with Madonna. That is great. So I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I'm going to end this the same way that you end all of your episodes. And that is to say, Dr. Gugino, if you were to go back to the intern Gugino, uh, what advice would you give her today? Ooh, I hadn't even that one I was not prepared for, um, (laughs) which my guests often say, (laughs) I think I would say to not worry so much and not work so hard and to take time to step out of the medical world and enjoy sometimes even the little things. Um, I think physicians worry about, you know, being perfect and getting it right, which is very important. But I think the idea that somehow we have to do it alone is not true. And so um, I would say, make sure that you ask for help, which I think I'm pretty good at. But and, you know, a tip to especially interns and residents, make sure you make friends with the nurses, because honestly, a lot of times they know way more than you do. And um, they can be they can save you. So that's a lot of things I would tell myself, but yeah. That, that's okay. You're having a long conversation with yourself. Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I, I'll hand the reins over to you for the next episode, okay? Thank you. This has been super <laughs> fun. And I hope that folks will reach out to me um, on my email at uh, L at medicalbhs.com. By the way, when when is the date of that event? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. The date of the event will be February 24th at noon Eastern time. It's a Zoom call. And um, you can uh, also go to my webpage and sign up to be on the email list. And you can sign up for the event. And I hope you will. Great. And all of these links are going to be in the show notes as well as in the posts for on social media. So again, thank you so much, doctor. I really appreciate it and have a great day. Thanks so much. This has been fun. Take care. Okay. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Pediatric Meltdown, and I hope you found it as interesting as I did. In the words of Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Let's do better together. Music was composed by Connor McHugh and cover art was designed by Alexia Barrero. If you would like to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Dr. Leah Gugino and on Instagram at Pediatric Meltdown. I would love listener ideas and suggestions and hope to hear from you. Thank you so much and I hope you will join me next week.